Welcome to episode 18 of the Chips for Life podcast series. So, you know, I just, I was looking at the um, information on SoundCloud about the podcast, and we were almost at a thousand listens. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it's pretty exciting for me. I, you know, when I, when I started doing this, I was just like, man, like, I don't know, I like doing podcasts, and I like talking to folks, and I interview people all the time for my PhD work, so I don't know, I just combine those interests. And it's it's um, it's been a lot of fun for me, and it's it's been a really interesting window in other people's lives, and it's led me on really interesting journeys and paths. So I'm definitely appreciative of this experience. Uh, today we talked to Araceli Espinosa. She's a Chicano Chicano artist uh, here in the Bay Area. I met her at the Chicano. Well, I became aware of her at the Chicano Batman Show. She does really interesting work, and um, we had a lot of fun talking. Uh, again, um, take a look at the store, buy some stuff. You know, the the whole point of the store is to just build revenue so I can pay artists that uh, are producing for the shop and also support the writers that work uh, on the website as well. So that's really important to me is to be able to pay fair wages to people and I really can't do that right now because I, I haven't generated revenue. But yeah, we had a great conversation at Atacaria in Oakland and yeah, get to know Aristele and her art. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. It was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, yes, buy stuff. Cool lot conversations. Enjoy. Bye. All right, homegirl. Tell me, what, what is your name? Okay, so um, I'm Araceli Espinosa, and I am a painting student at the San Francisco Art Institute here in the Bay Area. And, you, and you're, you're finishing up there? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I'm finishing up my BFA there. Oh, okay, BFA, right. Uh, and you grew up in? I grew up in Southern California, in uh, Santa Fe Springs, or in the Whittier area. Uh-huh. Yeah. I grew up in Montebello, we're neighbors. What up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, one of the things I, I really, you know, people are always like, oh, you can go back. And mm-hmm. I was like, I will never go back to Montebello, yeah. ever. And, and it's mostly because there's nothing going on there. And like, and if you go, like, there's not even restaurants, like, you just go down Whittier Boulevard, there's just like McDonald's and whatever, and, it's right. fucking, and there's just a mall, and that's it, and why would I live there? Exactly, yeah, so um, I feel I feel very the same way, um, other than the fact that my friends in the Southeast LA community, um, who are actually trying to bring back uh, like local shops and uh, local artists back to their own community, so that's something that I would really support up, up here, yeah. and... We like to support them. I like to support them when I'm down there as much as possible. But returning back to Southern California is not anywhere in the near future. Yeah, I don't think so for me either. I think I think I'll go back eventually. I think I'll go back. My sister is never gonna move, and she's gonna have kids and stuff. And <laughs> I want to be there for that. Yeah. Maybe for a year and then leave again or something. That's what I do. Yeah, my I have a niece, and I'm missing out on her growing up. But other than that, I travel there quite of frequently. So. I feel like it's, it's all right. FaceTime does really good. FaceTime's magical. Yeah, it is. And, and, and it cracks me up because, like, the little dudes, like, they know how to, like, mess around with my iPhone and stuff. I'm like, what? What, what are you doing with my phone? Like, and he, he expects that, like, the games that are in his mom's iPad are be in my iPhone, so he gets really confused. Yeah. Yeah, my niece already knows how to flip the camera. Oh. She doesn't play with the games that much, and I don't have any on my phone, so... She's kind of, I'm lucky on that one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell me about, so what brought you to San Francisco specifically to do artwork? Um, specifically, I was trying to um, 
just to be free um, expressively. I felt living in my parents' home, I couldn't create the type of work I wanted to because um, their viewpoints are more conservative than mine and I didn't want to constantly bicker about our points of view or our different experiences within the community or how I represent myself, the way I represent myself or wish to um, isn't necessarily like what they had in mind for me. So you so. wanted that space and separation. Correct, yeah. So San Francisco, I thought, was this, or the Bay Area, I thought, was this dreamland of complete expression. And once I got up here, seeing all the gentrification and realizing, right. like, oh, oh, crap, like, what did I get myself into? Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, so thus moving to the East <clears throat> Bay now, so. Where it's more legit. Definitely, I like that. Plus, it also kind of reminds me of L.A., so. Yeah, I, I think um, Oakland definitely has more of that, like, sparse, like, like extendedness that LA has whereas San Francisco is very dense and yeah and like it's all there all yeah. at once definitely uh, yeah no I mean I, I just moved back here maybe three five, four months ago four and a half months ago and the Bay Area that I remember is like four, five years old mm. and so the Bay Area that I remember is not at all accurate to what's happening and it's been a bit of a disappointment for me and a frustration yeah but you know I still like the Bay Area right on more or less yeah I, I like it I enjoy it Definitely the East Bay, um, like I said, but it was, I think, moving to San Francisco and uh, expecting something uh, and not receiving that totally threw me for a loop, sure. allowing myself, allowing me to actually um, reevaluate myself and the kind of artwork I wanted to, and I think that's how I started making these self-portraits or mm -hmm. these Chicana uh, works of art, uh, having to discuss my own culture without having to be around all these Mexican-Americans, like in Santa Fe Springs, Whittier, Montebello area, not having to be around that constant kind of community, whether or not they're, um, what am I looking for? Uh, Sounds like you wanted some space to like define yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. Express, and then represent yourself in, in this art. You're good. Uh, huh? Yeah, I think I, I wanted space to represent myself, but being in an area where I wasn't really fully represented, especially in the Art Institute, um, definitely made me have to reevaluate who I was, thinking that I only wanted to do political artwork, not necessarily. And then I ended up doing identi identity politics. Right. Right. Because, like, you know, the. I think, like, uh, like what you call Batman, because they. they when you talk to them, they all have like a, a certain political motivation. They all are progressive in their own way, but it doesn't show up in their lyrics. Mm -hmm. And so we we've talked with them I've, in the interviews I've done with them. We've talked about that, and it's it's like, but it, it, their cultural project is a form of, of politics as well, like mm -hmm. embracing their Latino identity, like exploring music from Latin America as opposed to trying to manufacture this like North American like mm -hmm. pop sound, which they're definitely not doing at all. Right, exactly. Which is why I really love them, um, and anyone who's listened to them, I think, really loves them. And I found myself uh, needing to do a lot of my own research. So being in this art institute... What do you mean research, research for? Research as in looking for artists that uh. were either Chicana, part of the Chicana Renaissance or looking into Mesoamerican art because mm -hmm. I'm only being taught this European right. white male identity. And looking for people who identified uh, culturally at, with me, I had to do extended research for myself. So I felt like I was... Or I feel like I've been doing like double work, you know, needing to learn more, um, which is very, you know, which is important in like ethnic studies and things like that. Um, so yeah, I think it's been very valuable being away from home and having to 
to have that pressure to re-identify myself or yeah yeah I think so so uh, so this institution is uh, mostly directed at, at creating artists or this institute uh, what do you mean creating artists as in <coughs> I just well, the Art Institute is yeah. Pr primarily, yeah, it's, it's an art school, so there's all forms of um, fine arts. Um, do they have, like, history classes or like that? Art, they have art history classes, but they're all Euro Eurocentric. Right, so you're not getting, like, a study. You're not getting a liberal arts education. You're getting a purely art education. Yes, yeah. Which is oriented towards Europe. Yes. Damn. Mm -hmm. Damn. What do you do? I mean, there's, are there, how big is this school? Um, I don't... It's not that big. I want to say it's about... 800 students. Okay, that's yeah. Are there many folks of color? There's a, a small handful of folks of color. Okay. It must be hard. That sounds really isolating. Uh, it kind of is. I feel that uh, people of color do tend to either drift with each other or have taken an Americanized identity. So it's either that they don't talk about their political identity or there are other artists that do talk about their political identity, which are the ones that I think I'm, gravitate I gravitate towards yeah. more, yeah. And so, um, I was I did some filmmaking in college, and you know you always have to present your work. Like, mm -hmm. how are people? How do people respond to your artwork that's trying to challenge their sort of foundation and also just pulling you to identify with yourself? Okay, so um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the times in critique, I have to give them, uh, I have to give my peers a little bit of like Chicana history. <laughs> so I have to constantly be saying, so this is, I'm basing this off of um, La Virgen de Guadalupe or, because I bring a lot of my Catholicism. I was born in a, in a Catholic uh, household. As were many of us, right? Right, exactly. So I bring a lot of that into my work as well. Um, and so I'm having to explain who La Virgen was, what her, her history, her story was. Um, or saying, talking about like the Madonna horror complex, because mm -hmm. um, I also talk about that in some of my work, and just talking about what what traditions and cultures are are being played in, or what we have to, um, what are the positives in the culture, and what are the negatives in the culture. So I feel like I have a lot of explaining to do, and um, so then they'll kind of different. Uh, decipher if that was accomplished or not and a lot of the times I feel that my critiques are based on fair yeah right I don't really get what you're doing yes uh, some, and it's yeah. not and it's not I mean that's the thing right like like I think I think for my website like the audience isn't white folks like they'll, they can find it and read it like I'm not restricting it but mm -hmm. like I'm not writing for them and therefore when they might critique it it's not really fair because that's not right. not making it for you yeah so um, yeah, a lot of the times they critique on the aesthetic quality of my work, as in like, oh, I like the, these colors, or I like what you're, you know, these hard lines, these soft lines. More mechanical. Yeah, more pieces. mechanical things rather than... Um, content. Yeah, yeah, rather than content. Hmm. So. How does that, how does that, like, I mean, because like... As an artist, like that critique is what helps you like push your boundaries and, and stretch yourself a bit. Mm -hmm. So, is that are you not getting that as much because people just aren't getting what you're trying to do? 
uh, what statement you're trying to make? I feel that I get a lot of uh, my encouragement or the dis the conversation that I'm receiving is mostly either from my friends back in mm. like the Southeast LA community or some of the mujeres that I've met via Instagram, uh, <laughs> like other like Chicana artists. Yeah. So um, I feel like I've had a lot of discourse with not a lot, but I feel like I've had some discourse with them, and um, so that's. Those are the uh, critiques or suggestions or conversations that I value a lot um, outside of school. Mm. So I, I need to take that into account also like the, in the general viewer, not just the, the viewer at, at an art institute. Right, right. right. So I, I take that into account a lot also. And um, I've had teachers tell me that maybe I should do more work that identifies universally with other people. Why? Why? And, fuck that. Why? Right? Why? So like, in, my, in my mind, fuck I think. <laughs> in my no, mind, like, I feel that it's um, I'm being taught this European man's point of view, and I don't necessarily yeah. identify with him. So my, I feel my okay. My job isn't to accommodate white folks. Right. Like, so I feel not... I feel it's okay to to identify with what I'm doing, and yeah. and people can still read it. And I think there is a, a type of emotion that, that people that are not of a Chicana, Chicano, Latina, Latino background that can identify or, or can appreciate, not necessarily identify, but they can appreciate that as well, just as a viewer. Yeah, because like one of the, one of the things I started doing in my filmmaking. <clears throat> the last couple of projects that I worked on is like I refuse to translate anything that's in Spanish because uh-huh. I don't want to accommodate monolingual speakers or okay. non-English non-Spanish speakers uh-huh. like if you if you like you're not entitled to whatever because I did a film with my mom you're not entitled to what she says uh-huh. right? I don't want you to be entitled to that like I want folks that only folks that like have learned some Spanish or like are native Spanish speakers they should have access to that uh-huh. right? yeah I feel like um, since it's in a, in a European institute uh, that it's and it doesn't share other ethnic studies or other ethnic backgrounds as often that it's okay to challenge that system and that's really what I what I want to do is like challenge these these institutes where it's mainly European males in the forefront and even I mean there are female teachers and professors and things like that but they're still very European centered yeah. and I feel it's really important to have our mujeres represented and that, that's what I want to do and I do these classical type of paintings because I feel that we should also be classical or we are classical and our heritage is very deep and meaningful and that needs to be be praised and continued. Mm-hmm. So. Well yeah, especially we're drawing from our indigenous heritage like those that symbol and that that aesthetic is like thousands and thousands of year old right way exactly yeah so I, I really want to have that portrayed and pushed and um even like even quote-unquote negative aspects of what it means to be a mujer in the latina culture whether she's <clears throat> where I, I have a specific portrait where i'm smoking a bowl right where i'm hitting the pipe I'm dressed as or looked like a chola and my parents were like do you, have, do you have your eyebrows and everything I have, well I just went I have darkened my eyebrows I got my hoops and I have my dark lips nice. or nice. <laughs> well you can't really see the lips because I'm hitting the bowl and it's blocking uh, my mouth so there's the there flame but um but when my parents saw it they're like Chelly what are you doing like that's not who you are and what, do they, like, what do they call you Chelly it's Chelly. short for Araceli oh, that's cute yeah so um so they're like, Chelly, what are you doing? This isn't who you are. And I'm trying to explain to them that I want to be representative of someone or like, uh, what are the stereotypes that come with being a, a Latina? How you're perceived, right? Yeah, how I'm perceived. No, that's, I like that. That's good. Yeah, that's so. Smart. 
yeah. So I, I think that's really interesting, and it, it's a very strong painting. I would like to say, if I could, to, <laughs> if I could toot my own horn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, toot away, it's fine. Yeah. So you're, I, you're in control of the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. you want. Yeah. So um, yeah, I feel like that's really representative of another, you know, a particular group of mujeres that aren't being. That aren't being shown. And stigmatized. And stigmatized, and yeah. So they need to be empowered also. Yeah. And represented on their own terms. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So that's that's one way. And then I have another portrait where I'm where I'm doing where I'm praying. So I have the rosario in my hands and it looks like Do you have a veil? No, I don't have I don't have a veil yeah. on that one, but yeah. um, okay. I have my hair up and okay. so it's a little bit more traditional, um, and my parents really enjoy that one, <laughs> right? Because I'm being extremely Catholic and all this stuff. Right. And, but. And, but but also like submissive to authority and yeah, you know, all that. Yeah, so my eyes are closed, right. whereas in the where I'm hitting the bowl, my eyes are like at the viewer. <laughs> <laughs> so they're very. I think those can speak on different levels sure. to the community. Sure, sure, sure. Huh. Right. Representation. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. What other sorts of representation are you sort of playing with? Um. What other representations? Well, I mostly, mostly, well, excuse me, mostly base it off of, um, so my Chicana identity. Um, I'm also doing a portrait of my grandmother. Mm. I feel that she is very representative of all the um, trials and tribulations that some of the older generations have gone through. And I think she's a very strong mujer, and she needs to be re- represented. Um, her story is important, and what's I. Her, what's her story? Oh, uh, so my mom and Nana, she was born in Michoacan, um, and so back in back in her time, where if a man wanted to marry you, he could have his family kidnap you, and you get married. So, thus, that's what happened to her. Yeah, that's romantic. <laughs> exactly. Um, so um, she was. I, I would like to kidnap a wife. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like mail ordering, you know, yeah, 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 but yeah. very locally. It's like you know, before the internet, you just kind of grab exactly. a woman instead of. Most of them online. Exactly. There you go. Um, so that happened to her, and um, so she had to go through all Is of that. Is that how she got married? Yeah, that's how she got married, through being forced into her marriage, um, you know, moving around. Uh, she, so she, basically that is her. She was in an abusive marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up leaving her, had a secret family. You know, she ended up having to have... She, raised her own children and she had her own seamstress company in Tijuana after she um, they, they migrated to Tijuana and once he left her they stayed there and she was able to buy her own property she was able to yeah. hold her yeah. own um, sure. yeah she was able to hold her own company together and she was able to uh, move her family over to the United States when she was able to when it was time um, so she, I think she's very strong and she's had a lot of adversity um, other than that and she's always had a very, when, when I've seen her she's always been very like happy or very silly and very playful so I think that she's very strong in that sense where she hasn't let that, that part of her life dictate all the ne- negativity. Um, so yeah. Sounds like she survived too. I mean, there's, there's things to be rejoiceful about. Right, like exactly. Yeah, so she's she is a survivor definitely, and I think so she's amazing. How are you representing amazing. her? In um, the paint, I have a painting of her, and um, I'm representing her in in her young age, and then her her old age. There's two portraits of her in one, and um, so I it's still a work in progress. I'm hoping to add a timeline at the bottom talking about her journey, 
um, either as an immigrant or a migrant, just as also as a survivor. And um, so I want to be able to represent her in that way and saying that her story is important, you mm. know, just like many other women, their right. stories are important. Right. Mm -hmm. so. Is that going to be like a, a present or is that just, um, what, are you, what are you thinking about doing with that? Uh, well, should we not tell because it's a secret? No, she's seen it. Okay. She doesn't like it, but <laughs> <laughs> why does she like it? Because she doesn't like images of herself. She uh, she doesn't like taking pictures, so she thinks she's, like, she's ugly, and which no. also is like also a narrative, a part a part of her her mentality where like she didn't like taking pictures. She'd always say that she was like feita because she was like negrita, and, oh, but she's not even like dark skin. You know, she's uh, the darkest of her siblings, but so she has that negative connotation, and I think that's also like important because our families sometimes deem us like. You know, like, um, you know, you, you, they... Well, we stigmatize darkness. Yes, so. exactly. We stigmatize yeah. darkness and praise whiteness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting. That's a nice little commentary on race. And, mm hmm Yeah, yeah and so... Skin tone. So that's, I mean, that's the tricky part about, like... I mean, there's there's a lot... So, A, you know, within the Latino community, we come in a lot of different skin tones. Right. <clears throat> B, within... When we talk about, like, race justice and we talk about our relationship to the African-American community... There's also a, a level at which we can pass in a much more effective way than African American folks because our skin tone is closer to the dominant culture's skin tone. Right. Yeah, and I'm in particular myself, right? I'm a very pale. Mm -hmm. I'm Mexican. I'm very Mexican, right? Like, but yeah. I'm definitely very pale. Yeah, we could be a little bit more fluid within that, mm -hmm. the non-white or within the the white community, I guess. Right, and I have this like unnecessarily complicated vocabulary because I was a, in a PhD program forever, which makes me appear to be more white. Yeah. A brother or sister or whatever. Uh huh. So yeah, so I think yeah, that's really. I think her mentality is very interesting to me. I think she holds a lot of the dynamics of what we're trying to, what yeah. this new generation or what the generations of the Chicano movement have been trying to break down. Uh -huh. So that's interesting, and it's. I'm not going to gift it to her because she's kind of old already. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, it sounds like she doesn't even want it. Yeah, she, doesn't, she really <laughs> doesn't even want it. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. I'll probably hold it within my own collection and. Hopefully one day it'll be in a gallery or a museum and more people can see her. Something, yeah. Yeah, hopefully she'll be commemorated within time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess on that same tone, is uh, is there somewhere where you're exhibiting or is there a space at your school where you're exhibiting? Um, I'm not exhibiting anywhere particularly right now. Do you don't want to or is there just not any spaces offered? Um, well... I do want to. I just ha I don't. Feel, I personally don't feel that I have a solid collection that mm -hmm. I can show. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, but uh, portfolio of work. Yeah, I would like to have more a more collective group body of work to be able to show. Um, but there are some things that that could be shown if I really wanted to. I did show over the summer here in Oakland. Um, but uh, hopefully soon something will come up and I can get something together. So I think I think one of my next hustles is is uh, I want to work more with artists and mm -hmm. um, it'd be fun to like put together like find a gallery space and then have one of the bands that I work with like perform and then we can have music and yeah. drink stuff and have fun. I'm so down for that. I'm working on something maybe in two weeks. We'll see. Okay, I have I have paintings. Okay, all right, yeah. deal. Awesome. We'll, we'll sort it out. Okay. Awesome. I like this. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's you know. I mean, I think I think. Um, so the the website itself is is designed to be a platform for our community because there isn't really like a whole lot of spaces online for what are, like it's shockingly there's no spaces online that's been developed and designed by the Chicano Latino community, mm -hmm. which like blows my mind. And then so along with that, with especially with with artists and stuff, like 
even when you come with Batman, they talk about how hard it is for them to get venues, even though they have a very strong base. Yeah, I feel like they're always showing. Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be that hard. Well, it's, it's gotten better now, but in the early days, like trying to play like a mainline venue in Los Angeles is challenging because mm-hmm. there's a lot of racism in there. And that's yeah. something they're very aware of. And then, you know, with artists too, like, mm-hmm. like how do you get a gallery space that has a very clear expectation of what you should be showing, but you're trying to offer like an alternative narrative? Right. You know, yeah. How can you expect it to like find a gallery that can that can represent that honestly without fucking mm-hmm. over your message? Right. I don't. I think a lot of it also has to do with um, an artist statement. So if you have your artist statement, or if you have a statement about your work, it's a little bit easier if they have it posted you know, in in the gallery space, right. then it's easier for someone to go and uh, read your work, right? Read your words and how you want to be represented. Um, yeah. uh, unless, like, the artist is there, like, at an opening night, then that's when you can talk to them one-on-one. Other than that, you have to kind of speculate. But um, I think I, I really want to get more deep into that Latina, Latino niche, and I really want to hopefully be represented there. Or hope I hope I can be representing them correctly. Um, so yeah, that's that's something that I really want to do, and I I know I should be getting into more. And yeah, so we're working on it. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, I feel this is a great platform to get started. I think so. I hope so. I hope Me it too. Helps you out. Yeah. yeah, but I I do post like all of my work and my um my works in progress on my Instagram. So people can follow me there. So I can steal your photos and put them on the on the blog when I yeah you can you can yeah you can steal my photos. Awesome. No, I mean I'll link to your Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It, so go ahead and do that. Yeah. Link it there. Um, I do do the Tumblr, but that's basically all my Instagram photos. So there's no big difference. Yeah, and I think Instagram's probably better than Tumblr, at least for that what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. So there's that conversation and um, that I'm really enjoying and. I'm currently working on a self-portrait where um, I'm in a more fetishized or more fant- fantastical portra- portrayal of what it means to be Latina. So. What does that mean? Um, so I feel like uh, the Latinas in general are very uh, fetishized um, with males um, in a patriarchal society where um, there is this sex object. And... Um, I feel that I'm portraying that in this self-portrait in a in a um, in a subtle way, uh, subtle as in that I'm not flamboyantly like showing my you know tits and ass. I'm just kind of in I don't know. I guess you'd have to see it um, to to understand. But you know, I'm holding a rose, which is also ro- is a romantic flower. Um, and I'm wearing a traditional uh, white blouse with the whole um, embroidery. embroidery and stuff, ruffles. Um, but I'm also wearing like tight black shorts and they're short, so that's also kind of like the fantasized version of that. And so I think that's, that's important that we're seen as sex objects. Although you're, you know, basically like, you know, lady in the streets, freak in the sheets kind of idea, that whole... So I think that's really important to separate that you can only you can only be one or the other. You can't be both. And yeah, you can maybe be the angel or the vixen. Yeah. So I think it's important for our for our Latina community to to see that we can be both, um, and it's not shameful to be. Um, it's not. It's you shouldn't be ashamed of your sexuality, whether it be heteronormative or or not. 
um, or trans or any anything or queer. You know, you should be. Or even like as you participate in your sexuality, whether it's right. a shit ton of partners every week or if it's just not like a. Or you're monogamous. Or monogamous, whatever. Yeah. So it could either be that. And I think they should all be, I think our mujeres need to be um, educated in that because we're not being told that through for our like, Catholic or Christian um, parents that it's just you don't talk about sex, you don't talk about your sexuality, you shouldn't be this person. And um, Well, and furthermore, using losing sex as a, as a way, or, or the shaming around sex in your body as a way of controlling and, and, yeah. and containing behavior. Right. right, exactly, yeah. So I feel that we shouldn't be ashamed of that, and that needs to be, you know, very... That needs to be expressed in our community, and we should be praising each other for how we want to identify, whether it be through our sexuality, whether it be through our lack of sexuality, you know, our lack of partners, or our plethora of partners. Right. So I think that's that's important to also discuss. And it's, and it, yeah, and it's about um, defining sexuality in your... And I think all this stuff is about always defining things in your terms, whether it be mm-hmm. sexuality, politics... Mm-hmm. You know, how we see our race, how we see our identity. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's a lot of it is identity politics, right? Or body politics. Yeah, just, this just being sexual identity. Mm-hmm. That's fun. So, yeah. I, I enjoy what I'm doing, and I hope I'm doing it correctly. Well, or yeah, correct. Correct, quote-unquote correct. Let's throw that out right now. Uh, yeah. I hope I'm doing a faithfully, good job. Yeah, faithfully, you know, yes, there you go. That's what you're trying to accomplish. So. Yes, yeah, so yeah. as time goes on, you know, it'll be better and I hope to, to start doing portraits of the mujeres in my life that I think are very important um, that are doing something out in the community whether they be artists or um, community developers I really want to focus on on the mujeres in my life or in, in our communities whether it be in Los Angeles whether it be in the Bay Area mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have those mujeres represented and um, I'm not trying to be sexist and exclude the dudes but I think it's We've been excluded so much that we need to be praised. That's uh, not being sexist. You know. Yeah. So when white folks talk about racism, it's like, no, that doesn't. That's <laughs> not how this works, buddy. You live in a patriarchy, like it's not. No. Yeah. No. This is true, but yeah. So I think I think representing the women is really important to me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Have you been going to any of the protests happening? I went to the uh, Ferguson protest in Oakland. I think the first night that it was in, the they announced the, that he wasn't going to be indicted. So um, yeah, the officer during yeah, yeah, during yeah, officer Wilson. Yeah. Um, so I went to that first protest and I got there a little bit late, but they were already throwing tear gas out, <laughs> <laughs> and I was late for the tear gas. Find <laughs> um, out a bad thing. Yeah, and uh, I had to leave early because I had to catch a flight the next morning. That was right before the the November holiday that they celebrate. Um, so, so uh, yeah, so that was before then, but I haven't been able to go to any of the other protests. Mm. And, yeah, I hope to. I went last night to the to the freeway closure. In How was that? It, I mean, uh, you know, having been an activist for a long time, I, I definitely, like, recognize the need to have spaces where people can express their angst and anger, and, and that's important. Um, what I'm looking forward to and hoping happens is, is where that angst becomes something political, becomes a political program, becomes something that I can attach to, and mm-hmm. trying to find trying to find some some weight around. And I'm, I'm not seeing that yet, and I, and I hope that happens soon. Yeah, I feel like um, I don't know. It's really hard. I feel that there's a lot of opportunists out there that are kind of taking advantage of the situation, yeah. and I think that's also part of the conversation of the people that have been part of activism and protesting and 
a lot of the protests that I've been to before have been extremely peaceful and where there are a lack of agi agitators. Um, when I went to the protest in Oakland a couple of weeks ago, there was actually um, some people that were putting, mail, uh, what is it, the newspaper cases of, ablaze. And um, I felt that that wasn't necessary. And these happened to be agitators that were non-POC, yeah. so non-people of color. So I felt that in in that respect, in the situation that we were in, that they were kind of boasting about their own um, privilege because mm -hmm. they, they are white and they were able to put these newspaper cases um, on fire and where like all the people of color, would they be identified as black or brown, that um, they weren't doing that in in the area that I saw. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, I, and I think certainly with where that where that plays into like privilege is, is definitely like you 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 just escalated this action mm -hmm. and. If police get aggressive, it's not going to impact you. Exactly. Right? That's that's the problem, and that's the privilege, and that's the entitlement that white right. folks have. Yeah. So I, that was like my issue that night. It was like, how could you go ahead and do this in front of these people that are looking? Like you're just boasting your privilege right now, and, mm -hmm. and that's not helping the cause. So I was really irritated about that. And I don't know, being if you're if you're non POC, then you need to really like you step the fuck back. Yeah, and and see your 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 position as an ally, you know, not so much like this isn't necessarily your cause, but you can help the cause by not boasting your privilege. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, and I think in the history of activism in this country too, it's very clear that like you know, FBI is always like have people in the middle of things and, yeah. and provoking things in order to totally to get that response. They can just crack heads and beat the shit out of people. Yeah, so totally. we also have to be aware of and like and, mm -hmm. and not. Not be paranoid to the point where it, it, it limits our participation, but like you have to know that's the history of that. You have to, that's the history of surveillance in this country. That's the history of the police state in this country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. You're you're so right, and that's irritating. And um, I don't obviously media doesn't tell us these things. They don't tell us a lot of things. Um, they're, they're not even really there. They just take photos and make a statement afterwards. They just hear about it, yeah, or maybe take aerial photos. Right. Um, but yeah, even I think it's. Like, sucks today or was it today or thursday or i read today that obama passed that no protesting bill what you didn't hear that no. um he just like he signed a bill where you're not allowed to protest in certain spaces like yeah so like mexico passed a bill last week also mm. where they're not where you can't where basically it's illegal to protest in certain areas because of the because I, it, it, Ayotzinapa, Ayotzinapa, I think. Yeah. I think I said it right. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, because of the students had disappeared, they've they've signed a bill where it's basically illegal to protest. And Obama basically signed something very similar Jesus. about where we can't protest in certain spaces. But I think they're going to use that as in all spaces. Well, it's like it's like creating like areas of like it's like synonymous to like gang injunctions, right? Where you yeah. demarcate like a geography where. The police have more authority and power to really come after you. Right, exactly. So that's something also that we really need to, re really need to look into and see how that affects our free speech. And as an as an avid protester activist, excuse me, I feel like it's that sucks. It sucks that you know going out there on the streets and trying to to protest, I may be arrested. Yeah. Even even more so than before. Right. Without, without really understanding, because like, you know, typically when, when you do a civil disobedience or you're at a protest, the police cycle mm -hmm. orders, they'll say, look, this is your first warning, whatever, and you can make a choice whether you want to stay there and like get arrested or you right. want to step back. But now it seems like they're sort of 
getting away from that and just mm-hmm. arbitrarily start shoot, to shoot and the rest and yeah it's getting a lot messier out there definitely and i think a lot of that started with the occupy movement totally yeah. and um I, yeah i think the that was the first my activism in the occupy movement um that was the first time where i saw extreme militant um presence in protest protesting in la i've always seen that lapd was quite peaceful with the pretty with the, passive, yeah. yeah with the organizations and then after the occupy movement it's just been crazy and other protests i had gone to like may day protests i've seen them agitate protesters also and yeah. so just the, the world of activism and street protesting and all that stuff i think is very dangerous it's, escal- uh, it's escalating it's escalated, very yeah, clearly not dangerous, yeah. but it's escalated well they're getting all these fucking tanks and shit too they're yeah like, why, why does the burbank pd need a fucking armored assault vehicle what, what the hell's going on? Right, exactly. Like, one year, my friend and I, again, during the Occupy movement, we went, we participated in the Rose Parade. And once the Occupy group started to go down in whatever street it is, um, then that's when they brought out the tanks and the militant police force. I'm like, um, we're at the Rose Parade. Can we not have your presence here? And it was just in the middle of the parade where they just came out and everyone's just holding this big old plastic octopus and <laughs> walking around with all the other hippies and stuff like hippies, quote unquote. But yeah, all the other activists. Um, so I think it was that was the strangest thing I had ever seen. Um, so yeah, it's definitely become very, very militant. Yeah. Militarized, yeah. Yeah, not cool. So, uh, so you came across my radar because you went to the Chicago Batman show. Can you can you talk about that? Our, okay. un, our undying love for Chicago Batman. Okay, so I love Chicago Batman. So what what brought you to that show? Um, Tell me about the show. About the show, what brought me to it? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I saw it on their Instagram or on their website. So um, I've been following them for the last year and a half. I want to say. So whenever they're in the Bay Area or if they're showing while I'm in L.A., I'm always trying to, to go to their shows. Um, so I saw them, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen them since, I don't know, I don't know when was the last time I saw them before then, probably during the summer or some sort. Um, so I really wanted to go see them, and uh, so I went to their show, and I thought it was pretty amazing. We saw, I saw, um, what was her name? Chotima. Chotima, she opened, and I thought she was so amazing. I would really love to get to know more of her work. Um, yeah, I think she blew my mind, and just because she was very empowering, um, I think she's really important. Uh, so yeah, and then Chicano Batman, I went to the show because there it was a benefit show as well. So, it's, excuse me. Um, yeah, so since it was a benefit show, why not do something good? while also enjoying like perfect music. Yeah. So um, I thought that was pretty awesome. And I went by myself and then I met a lot of, um, some of the Chicana artists I said that I've met via Instagram. Oh, fun. Or like other- They were all there? Yeah, we were all there. And so they all met up and it was a little Chicana feminism group going on. I wish I had known that, I would've talked to you all. Yeah, we were like right in the front. So (laughs) we were like in the front corner. Okay. So- Yeah, no, I mean, when I was up on stage I'm seeing it was was funny to, because um, we were, I mean, that's one of the last things I said is like all the sisters are like, you know, like they're moving, they're like, listening, you know, singing along, and all the dudes are just standing there like assholes. I'm like, get the fuck out of the way, man! Like, <laughs> yeah, it's totally our show. It's totally uh, our own show. It uh, was, though. It was. It was great yeah. seeing all the stage and how responsive the crowd was. It was, yeah, you know, to me and everything, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It made yeah. it easier for me. I was nervous as shit because I've never emceed something like that. I've yeah. never been emceed something like that. Yeah, I thought you were pretty hilarious. It was pretty funny. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so we all enjoyed it, and all the girls were like totally in love with Chicano Batman, just as much as probably I am. They probably know more about them than I do, but possibly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really enjoy them. They all I listen to them when I paint, also. Okay. Yeah, so it just it gets me in that that mood, you know, like. Vicente Fernandez, Chicano Batman, <laughs> like Lucero, I'm listening to all of it, Lila Downs, <laughs> anything I, that motivates me, um, that's what I'm listening to while I'm painting. You should have chilled him out of that. I should. I want, I need to get her music on all my the, All tunes. of it's on SoundCloud. She doesn't charge for anything. Awesome. Yeah. Totally going to get it. She has like three albums out. She oh. oh, hell yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'll have the podcast posted tomorrow on my interview with her and then I'll include the SoundCloud. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Totally put her on my, on my tracks. Oh. Mm-hmm. She's coming out with the fourth album in March. Nice. Yeah, I should totally keep up with her. It's awesome. She's around. I mean, she's always protesting and shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's a good person. Awesome. Yeah. I like her a lot. Cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, Chicano Batman. They're also very awesome, and um, just their sounds just can like takes me back. But it's also very very current. It's very distinct. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it, it's important to to listen to them and to have our Contemporary music be represented or represent the communities around, and um, I totally that turned me on to a whole different. Listening to Chicano Batman turned me on to a whole different um, realm of music and something that was really relevant to today that I didn't know existed. And so I think they're a great gateway to all kinds of different music out there that is really representative of our Latino community. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they've definitely they definitely like have directed me towards different artists that I've podcasted and, and gotten to know. So they've been, I mean, because when you're in that circle, it's a very small circle of like performing Latino and Latina artists. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, again, they, they were the ones that uh, suggested that we include Jyoti Man. She did an amazing job. So mm-hmm. I definitely have a lot of trust and confidence in where they, where they direct me towards. Yeah. And they seem like really nice guys. Yeah. So I've, I've talked to them a few times at some of their other shows and they're always very welcoming and I think they're amazing. So. Yeah, they're awesome. Cool. I'm gonna burp again. That's fine. <laughs> do what we gotta do. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, where are we now? Describe where we are. We are in a taqueria in the Fruitvale area. What is it called? San Jose, taqueria San Jose. So if you've been here, come back. If you haven't, you should come and try their food. <laughs> Just shout outs. I didn't this podcast talked to you by Taqueria San Jose <laughs> on International Football. They don't know it, but they're totally hosting us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, I, all I'm doing is beer. drinking their beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, but come eat their food. I had a taco de lengua. It was pretty gigantic for, what is it, two bucks I paid or something? Yeah, and they, they brought it to you pretty fast. Yeah, it was fast. I was like, this is a little too fast, homie. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little suspicious for a second. But maybe they just already had it ready. They knew you were coming. Yeah. They saw that I love lengua. Yeah. Come eat it now. Yeah. So, what what is um what is the Fruitvale area? Is there any resonance for you about just where we are? Or? Um, I honestly is there a rent, rent resonance? Um, I enjoy that it's like a heavily Latino community here. Um, I honestly have not spent a lot of time here. Um, I I will hope to do so now that I'm living in Oakland and discover more. Did you just move to Oakland? Yeah, I've only been here since September. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I've, I've been busy with just like commuting from school to work, back to school, and things like that. So, um, so you were living in San Francisco before? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so. It's been hard. Kind of, yeah. It's expensive. It, yeah. Well, it was like in the dormitory. Oh, they so. have a dorm? The school, yeah. It's like in downtown, though. So oh, shit. It was an interesting space, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Fun. 
and interesting. But are you gonna do like a like a graduation exhibition or something? Like that? Uh, I'm pretty sure they'll have a BFA exhibition of all the artists um, come May, of all the students that are graduating with their BFAs. I'm pretty sure that'll be happening. Um, hopefully, I get something shown before then, before May. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, let me know. I'll I'll yeah. try to get some traffic to that. Sweet. I'll totally let you know. Um, yeah. I've done some some showings in the Southeast LA community at Alivia Open Mic uh -huh. in uh, in the city of Bell. So it's uh, my friend's open garage. He has an open mic there. <laughs> and um, so he does it once a month and he has people of the community either do live painting or and um, actually show some work. So it's all a community work. So I've shown some of my pieces there and I also write poetry. So I've also done some spoken word there as well. So. Um, I definitely like to be in those kinds of spaces, right? Yeah, Where it's yeah. organic. And yeah. Yes, totally. I mean, in, in the city, like like that, like for folks that like are from Los Angeles or like have some sense of what Los Angeles is, like that region, like and and Montebello is supposed to be like the gateway to that region of like Bell, Santa Fe Springs, like all these like mm -hmm. funny little cities that like are solely on the radar. Like especially with the city of Bell, like the ridiculous amount of corruption that emerged like three exactly. or four years ago, uh -huh. it's like mind-boggling. Yeah, like so, Maywood, all the shit that went down. Right, so that's that's also basically like what that community is trying to do is like take out the negative perception of their cities, right? They're only being focused with all of this corruption. So they that group, the Celaco group has um, has put on what was it in over the summer or in early late spring they put up their own art walk in the city. I think it was in Southgate Bell area. Um, where they put up their own art walk and the community did it all together by themselves within seven months, nine months. It was the first time anyone had done it. Um, this is all springing out of the Alivio open mic that is held out of um, my friend Eric's house. And they've done gardening, they've, ju they've just spread out so much and have tried to bring so much more to the community that it's pretty amazing. I, I applaud them so much for what they've done within the last year. Well, my favorite Mexican restaurant is in the city of El, too. It's called um, La Casita Mexicana. I haven't been there. Dude, you gotta go. All right. This podcast is brought to you by La Casita Mexicana, <laughs> the city of El. It's these two, uh, I think they're twins, or they're two gay brothers that are just mm -hmm. like, just really fucking amazing chefs. They, and they have like like eight different types of mole. Nice. So that alone, I'm just like, <laughs> Try. More. They should have like mole dippings. Yeah, they do. They do. Awesome. They'll give you like a thing of nachos and they'll put different oh. molas. Yeah. See, I didn't even know. And made tortillas too. Ah, we totally have to go. I'm oh, going. Mm -hmm. uh, Next time I'm down there for the Christmas. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So. I haven't been there in years either. I'm go back. We'll have to re-listen to this and remember where it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the spaces like that is where I really want to be representative. Um, and so anywhere like in the community here in Oakland, anywhere that has a heavy Latino community, I would really love to, to show there or, yeah. Well, not only there, but that's where I want to start. For your audiences. Definitely. That is where my audience is. And I want them to see, I, I want them to be represented and, and feel proud of art that is being made about them. Yeah, just nobody has a garage in this damn town. <laughs> it's so hard to... Get like a house that big. I'll just I'll just start it in my own house in my living room. We'll start a salon. We could do oh we could do that. We could start our own yeah. I can open up my house and have an open mic there. We should do it. What about what if what if we just like did it here at Taqueria San Jose? Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, but along those lines, I mean, I've seen like like pop up restaurants where they just like rent the restaurant after it closes for X amount of hours, like. Oh. 
We do something I, like that, We right? could, yeah, totally. We just, like, talk to that guy here or somewhere else and be like, hey, man, like, shit done in 10, let us use your space, we'll give you X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. we won't fuck anything up. Word. We could do that. I think we yeah. should. I like it. Let's why do it. Any? Yes, let's plan these things. Why, why, why? There's no reason not to. Right, exactly. We should. Hmm. We should scout out a site. So if anyone to. has any sites out there, yeah. let us know. In like, in like Latino concentrated areas. Definitely. In the East Bay. Mm-hmm. Or even in San Francisco, but yeah. I'm more interested in East Bay. Yeah. Huh. Either one. This works. is possible. Totally. No, I, I think. Could, I could probably get Chelsea Modern perform too. Awesome. Let's get that going. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we should do this. What? Yeah. Here we go. It's High happen. fives. It's gonna happen. High fives in the space, yo. That's right. Um, but yeah, I th- yeah, like it's our communities should totally be gathering together and bringing these spaces together. And whether or not like um, you think there's not a space, there's totally always a space. You can make a space. You don't have to wait for one. Exactly, and that's what my friend Eric was told. You know, like if you want to have your space, you shouldn't wait for it, and you yeah. should just put it together, and it's gonna happen. And people were visiting from all parts of the LA County. And from from like Hollywood to Long Beach to Whittier, from Orange County, even like from Fullerton. So I'm pretty sure we can get if you got a strong following, we can have people coming in from all other different areas. Well, because yeah, one of the bands I'm working with is going to be in the Bay Area, 18th to the 20th, and, and um, they're not coming to perform. They're just happen to be coming. They're like, hey, if you could find us a show, we'd totally love that. We should. Like, fuck it, let's just. Post it. I mean, it's like, it'll be like in two weeks, but whatever. Yeah. It could happen. We just Anything try it out. Happen. Just, it's trying shit out and seeing what we can do. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I would totally love to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know enough artists where you can, like, bring enough people together. Yeah, I can try everyone, to... Everyone brings their own... Groups. Communities, yeah. That would be awesome. I can think of a few few people already that I want to get involved with. Yeah, see? Yeah, you're already, you're already I'm working. thinking about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we got to put this podcast out before the next two weeks. Okay, I'll put it out. Tomorrow should be my, like Thursday or Friday, I'll put it out. We'll see, yeah. No pressure. <laughs> you just, no, there's plenty of pressure. Jesus. You're just, agitating me. Just what do it. I'm just agitating like myself, you're agitating me. <laughs> no, I mean, this is, this is the thing, like, you know, it's, it's, um, same thing, same reason why I created the website. I'm like, I'm waiting for somebody to fucking tell my stories. Exactly. Create yeah. my own shit. Yeah, so I think also, like, a lot of the poetry I do, right, is also in conversation with my paintings. So it also has to do with a lot of Chicana feminism and being proud of who you are. It sounds like fancy art talk. In conversation with my paintings. <laughs> Did you learn that in art school? Probably. <laughs> they, they tell me how to put words together in a sentence. <laughs> it's that bullshit art talk. God damn it. Yeah. No it's, way no. no I know. No. It makes you sound pretentious. It does make you when sound pretentious. Like when like, even when you're not trying to be. When you're among civilians, it makes you sound really bad, yeah. I know. When I, I, I do, I presented one of my films, and I used to live in Minneapolis, I presented one of my films at this like short, short film showing that they have at this bowling alley slash theater that's just kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. and uh, so they you just, it's like a three minute short and then you go up and they interview you mm-hmm. and uh, so I present it's a, it's a pretty like intense little project I made so it usually gets a pretty strong response from people uh, and uh, you know some asshole is just like oh did, were you like drawing from like blah 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 like vague film things that I don't really know about because I didn't really study film uh-huh. and I'm like no I just thought it was a good looking shot I don't <laughs> I just did it, foo. Yeah, back yeah. <laughs> the fuck off, homie. I just, I just put it together. Don't read too much into it. Yeah. Or read plenty, but I'm not going to be able to answer it. That's true, too. Yeah, there's that whole idea also where, like, uh, you want people, or, like, or I've seen people um, 
their work is very heavy in content, and when they're asked questions, they're like, oh, no, it's not that, where they don't really want to answer the question. Um, well, that's, kind of, that's kind of annoying, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it. some of your work needs to be blatantly obvious, and other parts of it needs to also be ambiguous. So. Well, and, you know, and whatever it is that you produce, it just sits, it just sits the way it sits, and people experience it individually and they get what they need from it or they don't get what they need from it like whatever right. but it, it, it has a life of its own that you can't control and it exactly it yeah once once you're done with it like whatever your intentions were is it's basically bullshit so whatever your intentions are it was bullshit unless you haven't written or you're there or unless <laughs> unless you're there to explain it right explicit, yeah. yeah like hey don't read this way about my painting read it this way about my work and um, but when you're not there and you can't really represent yourself, then it's going to be read any which way. And I think a lot of it has to do with the baggage that that person comes with. So your work should basically reveal the baggage that the viewer has. So I'm going to go tomorrow, and we'll walk around, and I'm going to talk to folks. Okay. See if I can get a site here. How's that? Hey, what? No, I'm going to walk around here and then oh, talk okay. to businesses He's and see if they'd be down to let me just use their space. Awesome. Sounds good. Let, keep uh, me informed. I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to try Try. It can't hurt you. No, it can't. Yeah. Unless somebody stabs me. Well, then that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's different. I think this is possible. I want to do this. I mean, I have, I have there's two lady friends I know that run an art gallery in uh, the Emeryville area. Okay. So that's a possibility. I'm going to hit them up tomorrow, too. Okay. Um, their audience tends to be a very white, sort of hipster audience. Mm. But it's a space. This is space. With a nice backyard. Okay. So I'm gonna them there too. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds promising. Promising. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll also come down here and see what I can, see what I can find. I keep I keep forgetting to like point the mic at me when I'm talking. Oh yeah. So. I, that back and forth can yeah. be confusing. Yeah. No worries. I know sometimes I can speak very low, especially if I'm feeling, I don't know, nervous or. People get nervous around the mic. It's, that's a common thing. Yeah. I, try, I, I think I'm a fairly disarming person, but it doesn't discount the fact that it's, it's a mic and people get anxious. Yeah. I don't think I'm too anxious. I'm just like, what am I going to say? Kind of a thing. Like, what I say should be important or very intentional. Or yeah. I, I at least try to make it intentional. Yeah. Or just say whatever the hell you want. True. Yeah. So true. You know, because my job is to navigate the conversation and, and make you not sound stupid. Right? That's, that's my responsibility. <laughs> okay. I take it very seriously. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, it's hopefully... A, it's I'll, a heavy burden. Yeah. I'll be hopefully working on other things uh, coming this semester. I should be being more productive. And I also do collages. Um, but that the narrative that, that my collages are basically about smoking and drinking and my addictions to painting. So basically, it's a narrative of my addictions, smoking That's, that's cute. What kind of things do you smoke? Um, weed. That's that it? it. That's it. Oh, oh like cigarettes every once in a while, but okay. not too much. Um, yeah, so just those things that I heavily consume. I make a lot of edibles. I like making banana bread. Nice. Very good. I Nobody just like, sees it coming. They always think cookies, but I make banana bread. Cookies are brownies. Banana bread? Mm-hmm. I love banana bread. And it's infused with weed butter. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's bomb. I, I shouldn't mention this on the podcast, but if we, had, if we do do this thing, I might drink some of that. Yes, I feel that you should. <laughs> I completely concur. <laughs> you, you're not objecting to that. <laughs> not at all, never. Um, but yeah, so like, and, and a lot of it has to do with like raw objects or like found material, um, recycled material. Yeah. Uh, I like to also put in, I'm trying to put in more like a 
contributing these collage type assemblage pieces into either altars um, or like uh, what is the word I'm looking for or like um, uh, I can't think of it but yeah like some some sort of altar is what I'm trying to make these paintings into uh-huh. or pieces that has to do collage and straying away not straying away from addiction um, but incorporating it in like that worship of like being addicted to something people find that you know addiction is worship yeah yeah so I think I like that that's the, another I think on that. that's another narrative I talk about I think on so, uh, if people want to, you mentioned the Instagram page or Instagram account. If people want to see your stuff, where, you know, I, I'm still tripped up by this. So, as a podcaster, one of the things about podcasting is you have to be very deliberate in describing things, right? Because right. people refer to something, and you're like, well, you, nobody can see that. Like, can mm-hmm. you explain what that is? And I, you know, in the course of the conversation, I tend to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I do a lot of this. Hand motions? Right, like a lot. And I don't, it's, I'm not going to bother to, like, explain my hand motions. Right. during the podcast but I get distracted by my own hand motions at this point <laughs> which I never used to but cause, because I think about describing things when I'm uh-huh. podcasting I'm looking you're at just, my own hand and you just, just talk can't. a lot with your hands you're, I very, do. you're a kinetic speaker Am I, is, that, is, that, Probably. is that your prescription? well yeah yeah that's my description you're a kinetic speaker uh-huh. I think a lot of Latinos are uh, kinetic yeah. uh, speakers a lot of folks of color yeah are. But, um, yeah, so you're asking my Instagram account. Right. right? So how, how do people connect to... So uh, my Instagram this is... This is a moment of plugging. <laughs> ...is Araceli. Uh, so that would be spelled, for those of us that know how to, don't know how to spell the name, <laughs> it's A-R-A-C-E-L-I, and then there's the underscore and E-S-P-I, so the beginning of my last name. So Araceli underscore S-B. Um, or you can always look at the hashtag art by Araceli Espinosa or hashtag chola shit and some of my paintings come up and then you can see my stuff <laughs> that's my favorite hashtag <laughs> i like it or uh, pocha art pocha art um is there anything on sale is there places there's spaces where it's on sale um there aren't any spaces on sale i'm still waiting to get some of my um prints with me so i can have those available um so i'm hoping to get some prints available so i can start selling them um yeah so hopefully that's something. I also have some gouache watercolor um, small paintings um, of basically calzones, right? Like chonis. Um, and they're all done with colors of La Virgen de Guadalupe. So they're all done in like that's gold, cute. red, and light green. Um, so they're like my Virgencita chonis. So that's my, <laughs> that's my little collection. My dad would kick your ass if he saw those. My mom would he probably would kick lose, my ass. Who would lose his shit? Yeah. You know, pun intended. Definitely. Mwah, got it, got mwah, it. Uh-huh. Mwah, mwah. <laughs> yeah, but totally. I know that that could be offensive to some parents. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Right? Well, I made them, so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really matter now. <laughs> so, yeah. It's done, man. The 20s are made. They are. The They've fence, been sewn. The fence has been done. Totally. It's good. Yeah, so those are also, I hopefully will make more prints of those and have them available at some point. So very soon I should hopefully have those up, but in the meantime... It's just all viewing entertainment. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so we're almost done. Is there anything else you want to leave folks with? Uh, I used to say last words, and then I realized I sound like you're going to die soon, so I decided to change the way I talk about that. Anything else I want to say? Um, no, I think, I think that just that we should, as a Latino community, whether you identify as Chicana, Chicano, or any other um, Latino narrative, that we should continue talking about it and making ourselves way more present 
whether it be in um, just like general points of view um, or like in our general speak when we're out with our friends or whether it be in your classrooms. So when you're doing your studies, try to go ahead and appropriate your, um, your projects to what it means to identify as a Latina or Latino because um, that's something I certainly do. I mean, I always appropriate my, my written projects to being a mujer. That's a funny use of the word appropriate. Can you... So like changing things? Yeah. So, uh, huh. yeah. I mean, I like it. I've just, I've never heard it before. I'm kind of curious, curious about what you... So like um, the, uh, the idea of cultural appropriation, yeah, right? right? So how white culture changes people of color's culture or like other cultures. Um, we can always also appropriate the assignments that are done for us or given to us. So because someone can appropriate who we are, we can also appropriate what they want us to be and change that and make us more, you know, identify ourselves so much more in, in our own work. Fun. Mm-hmm. That is all, I all think. Right. Yeah, that was it. All right, and uh, look out for a possible announcement very soon about a pop-up show. Sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the band the, and the band that I'm thinking about, I've also convinced them to let me do background vocals for them. Oh, yeah. Who so, are they? Uh, it's a little band called uh, Sweet Bump It. They're from L.A. Okay. Right on. Because I convinced them on the last podcast. Let's do that. Yeah. So, I look forward to hearing it, you. It might at, be my debut. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Your debut in, <laughs> in a group. Yeah, That'd yeah. be awesome. My, my public singing debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. This is going to be hilarious. <laughs> it could be just like a mosh posh of all random <laughs> things going a, on. It's going to be um, an amazing disaster. I'm looking forward to the yes. possibility of it. Beautiful mistakes. we got to fucking do this. Yeah, we, we are. We are. It's right? going to happen. Totally. It's going to happen. Sounds good. We high-fived on it. We've talked yeah, about that's how, it. That's how deals get sunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the thing about the podcast. A lot of shit just kind of emerges. because It's an hour-long conversation. Like, just mm-hmm. things just happen. Yeah. You know? So... That's cool, Ideas yeah. Ideas get built. I like that. It's like every conversation, right? Mm-hmm. It's just putting out publicly. It's just it's more accountability because I recorded it. Yeah, so like you're tell- we're telling everyone that's listening that that's going to happen, so they're going to hold it's you like, accountable too. So kind of have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I'm down for that pressure. Yeah. It's, it helps. Mm-hmm. It helps. So, sounds right. good. I'm going to hit the off button now. All right, thank you. Thanks. Bye.